everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Read It and Weep. Today, we're talking about Top Chef Season 19, Houston, Episode 4, titled Doppelgongers. Mm-hmm. I'm Alex. I'm in Hollywood, California, with my good friend Megan. Hi, buddy. Hey, Alex. Uh, we are also married. Also in uh, joining us in Northern California, it's just as... Hello. Hey, um, we have and and rounding out the panel, rounding out our quad pod for today, are abbreviated to a normal size panel for a podcast from Brooklyn, New York. It's Chris. Hi, everybody. It's a four bagger for episode four. Um, and uh, um, new Sarah and Kyle couldn't be with us today. Old Sarah is also not joining us. Um, everybody won the lottery and they're off spending their money. Um, but <laughs> we're gonna. I don't actually remember why people aren't here. But anyway, there's the four of us, and that's good enough. Um, episode four, you guys. One thing uh, the, the show started with that I wanted to bring up to start at the beginning is Monique's quote at the beginning of the show was, I'm doing this for me. So I'm podcasting you know for what? myself today. <laughs> I'm here because I want to be here. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that like really nice to hear i i was i really enjoyed that because i feel like a lot of people are like i'm here to show my six-month-old dog that you can be anything you want and she monique wanted to challenge herself and cook and i think that's awesome alex clarifying question is there a different mm-hmm. age of that dog that would make that more appropriate for you wait what do you mean like oh to make a better six-month-old thing to dog say? it's like like so it's like hey my dog is 10 years old and he thinks he cannot teach anyone new tricks. And I'm trying here to show him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, an old dog would have worked worked well for that. Um, yeah, I was combining the fact that they're always like, they have like a baby and they want to show this baby that doesn't have memory skills yet that they can be anything yeah. they want. I don't know. I feel like kids generally can figure that out without mom being or on don't. a TV it's show. Fine. Yeah, or yeah. don't. There's lots of examples in both directions of people following yeah. their dreams and not. You don't That's, really need it from your own parents. That's not why we're here. We're not here to show babies that you can be what you want to be. We're here for molecular gastronomy and to yes. see some interesting food. Yeah. We, boy, and boy, do we have some interesting food today. I am so excited about the um, elimination challenge. Um, I'm going to, well, we're talking about the quick fire and then we're going to talk about the elimination sure. challenge in order, but I just can't help myself from saying right now elimination challenge instant classic top five best challenges on the show's history uh it's fantastic and i'm sure we'll also talk about the lovingly shot 90 seconds of wiley dufresne tying rods of food into knots (laughs) (laughs) that part was not my favorite part of it the peanut butter (laughs) stick um yeah okay so first we got got a quick fire we got we got a quick fire we're down to 12 chefs remaining this week and we get to meet chris williams from houston's refined southern restaurant lucille's and he's talking about his great-grandmother, Lucille, who was the creator of the country's first pre-made roll mix in the 1940s. And he's here to punish any chef that has ever relied on a pre-made mix because they have to make biscuits from memory. Yeah, really uh, privileges a certain kind of cultural upbringing <laughs> when people make you learn recipes for biscuits by memory. And yeah, uh, So here's my showed. question for you guys. How bad could you be at biscuits and still be on top chef like could you so i know oh, there's flour bad. in it i assume that yep. there's butter yep the end like buttermilk i could not what else you, yeah sometimes buttermilk what do you how would like could you could you just not know could you just be like this is flour and butter and i baked it and it I love really did you just made a roux and they're like <laughs> yeah. hey guys here's your biscuit <laughs> roux style right you could, i guess that's sort of like um it's sort of like when uh, uh jackson made the uh the crispy queso which was like just not the right way at all like could i just make yeah could i make a, could i make a crispy biscuit or a biscuit soup and just call, it's crispy, got flour a trisket maybe a tasket <laughs> a, bi- a basket <laughs> green and yellow please whatever colors you want um, <laughs> I, um yeah, I just made I, biscuits yesterday actually oh how did it go it was actually fantastic. Did you use, did you use a recipe? Uh, I did use a recipe. I did not use a mix. Um, I loved the idea also that for this challenge, it's like, hey, like my family makes uh, like pre-made mixes. They're really helpful, right, guys? Like you're really gonna like wish you <laughs> had mixes. Just want to how much you need that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, but no, it was, was great. So it was, it was an overnight cool. overnight sourdough uh, biscuit mix. Uh, not mix, oh. but like overnight sourdough biscuit that I made. So ah, because you had um, some starter that you had to use up. Is yeah, what's up? And it was. Yeah, I, I, yeah we were only really talking about this on the show, but Ezra is deep into his sourdough starter. 
Yeah, I, wow. I just like my feet are sitting in it right now. So it's got a luscious <laughs> sourdough. Yeah, he oh. he got me he got me into some sourdough pancakes over over spring break that lasted two years. Do you remember that? <laughs> and the uh, most fun part about the the this way I guess of making. Or at least, yeah, the most part, fun part of it is like I got to do the thing where you have the cold butter and then you have the cheese grater and you just grate the butter. And that's Grating like, mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. fun. I've, that is really I've fun. seen people do it. I got to do it myself. It's a, it's a fun time. Do your hands like get it. all buttery? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, so I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess that's the short answer. Yes. <laughs> <The way you laughs> said, well, thing. yeah. All right. I don't know. Maybe I thought it was a reasonable question. Anyway, so the <laughs> chefs have to not only make biscuits, they have to make a top chef biscuit dish. And um, I don't know if it's a requirement or an unwritten rule that you must include hot honey, but everyone assumed that was a rule. Okay, um, Alex, here's because, the thing. Boy, hot honey is yeah. delicious, and it's delicious it's with biscuity stuff. So I Especially get why they biscuit, did what yeah. they did. Especially to try to mask the fact that uh, only three of these chefs knew how to make a biscuit. And I, all it, of them were closer. I guess my point I was trying to make earlier was like they're all so close to being biscuits that like even for someone who has no idea how to make biscuits, they clearly knew how to make ninety percent of a biscuit. I guess there's that's not true. that much stuff I, in it. There's like, not. I was very curious to see if there was a recipe that they could use. Like this is what I was wondering: is there a stopgap? Was there Lucille's biscuit batter premix just in case, or whatever? Like, was there something to keep them from just not having anything? Because I feel like you, it would be weird if someone just served like, "Well, here is hot honey, and I made a a tartare, and there's no biscuit under it because I don't know how to do that, and that was a weird thing for you to ask." Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean it's like if you have any kind of quick bread type experience, like if you can make a pancake. I'm guessing you can just make a, a like a drier pancake. At some point, you're going to get in the biscuit range. Yeah, like, but can you make a pancake from scratch with no recipe? Because I cannot. <laughs> Not a perfect one. Like, uh, like uh, I think like <laughs> the, where you're probably going to get in trouble is like your uh, your wet dry ratios basically, and you right, can yeah. kind of adjust those uh, depending on what you're doing. If you're if you're doing like some dumb like drop like some frying biscuits, you definitely get more more than one shot at it. But um, yeah. Right. Oh, that's what I was going to say is um on the on the hot honey. I don't know if there's any condiment that couldn't be better if you add honey to it. Like honey uh, butter, wait honey mustard. I'm just okay. like, I'm putting it out there. Like, honey I think it's, it's honey really mustard are very good. Hot honey is not like you're adding honey to hotness, though. So I don't know if the, your, even your beginning makes a lot of sense to me. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. It's a, I, I think you're adding hot to honey. That's how I feel. But I'm sure <laughs> Megan is going to come up with three things right now that would be worse if you added honey to them. Well, everything. I don't like honey. <laughs> <laughs> very anti honey um uh, are you a baby yeah, bee I am i <laughs> no then you'd have to live on it <laughs> right uh, now if, no, if you were yourself a bee yeah I, thank you as yeah it, it's, it's yeah, a little too go. much honey okay so, I, so <laughs> yeah okay. i mean you basically have spoon, to add something to honey yeah so that it's not honey you know right. so, that it, so that it has something else to balance it the, so, so your main I guess, concern i guess i agree with you ezra your main um, issue. With I honey. don't think it makes things better. I think it makes the honey more bearable. <laughs> <laughs> bearable. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So <laughs> let me get into some dishes. So uh, Buddha's bake is bad, despite having hot honey on it. Ashley thinks it's a good idea to put all of the black pepper harvested since the 1700s oh, in her biscuit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that doesn't quite work. Although she does use something what? called moonshine vinegar to balance it out. Yeah. Well, she also fried her biscuit because she didn't think it was cooked enough, so she wanted to take a butter biscuit and fry it in oil. Yeah. Um, mm. Okay. Turns out that plus pepper plus moonshine vinegar is not great, but the moonshine vinegar might explain why Padma seemed, I don't know, a little toasted this whole episode. Did you guys notice? No. No. Pat, Padma seemed... Uh, there's been a lot okay, of talk like in the internet about how Padma was drunk this episode, and I, I, think, I think it's possible. I think her and Biscuit Guy might have had a couple of pre- pre-show tipples you know maybe mm. i did not notice um, did not notice also moonshine vinegar have we like that's a new one for me have you guys had moonshine vinegar I'm not, I'm not really able no, to see i've had like like white wine is. vinegar and you know stuff like that oh, I so it's not even google so this might be a thing that ashley brought like this is her own yeah maybe this is white. some of her appalachian you know yeah sort of um jay rounds out the mm-hmm. bottom uh but with her it's more of a principled stand she takes against the concept of baking which she hates with the fire of a thousand hot honeys yeah that was very fun yeah. i like i don't bake uh, gross <laughs> how dare you like get baked okay. yeah <laughs> that was unexpected jay was very 
That was that was very fun. Um, in the top, Demar drop biscuits another top dish. He like drops it. You get it. Um, another top mm. dish featuring shirred eggs, and you guessed it, honey, hot honey, right there. Um, Evelyn's biscuits and gravy uh, go together like uh, biscuits and gravy. But Jackson, as usual, can't smell victory. He can't taste victory, but he grabs it anyway with a hunk <laughs> of fried cheddar. Aimed directly at proving a point to Padma by shaving eight days off her life, <laughs> as well as a block some, of cheddar and bread it and fried it. Like block. what? It was not a thin bit of cheddar either. It was a block. Um, he also threw on something called ostrich sausage, and in a stunning yep. divergence from the hot honey copycats, he went with hot syrup. Yeah, very different thing. Hot maple. Uh huh. So and it's like would, they were begrudging. Be yeah. Happy with that. It sounds great. It yeah. does sound very, very good, um, except for the ostrich sausage. But I do like the sort of slant rhyme inside there. I was expecting uh, the ostrich sausage to not work because I was remembering like however many seasons ago when someone tried to cook an ostrich egg and it yeah. went badly. Yeah, but they, they were, were just like, wow, this is a cool egg. That was like, well, that was probably like first or second season. It was early on. Where they were like, look at all these eggs. And someone's like, I'll cook the big boy. Yeah, but oh. it worked. It worked in sausage. It did work in sausage. So, um, so I was looking. I was saying like, "Oh, we should just call this sausage." And people have had this idea before. People have. So, oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, um, I feel I, like I, just a quick commentary on on the tops is that Demar's most basic, like we got some eggs and some bacon next to a biscuit with nothing mm-hmm. tying them together, was only a referendum on the fact that his biscuit was like very good and competent. Yeah, and like, it had hot honey on it, which people love. Um, sure. And he did he did make shirred eggs, which uh, I looked up because I have not heard of. And it is baked. It's baked eggs. But still, that's like one of the harder okay. ways to make eggs. You got to put it inside an oven instead of on top of it. Yep. It's more steps. <laughs> Doors, man. Yeah, the door <laughs> really ruined just box, adds right? a whole step. <laughs> um, um, also, I, I, I did feel like uh, with Guest Judge this week, just the sort of the way um, Padma did with uh, the queso, it did seem like halfway through Chris realized what he had signed up for and just how many biscuits he had to eat this at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. He started to look yeah. a little bit uh, like he'd also taken a few years off his life with this challenge. Yeah. I love like so this makes me think like, you know, that that scene in uh, Princess Bride, right, where they hooks up to the machine that like you know, takes the, the years off your t- off your life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yep, like it's just if it's, biscuits. It's just yeah, just it's just feeding you biscuits and, and fried cheese, and and also I was curious like if anyone remembers, because I don't. Are there any other like winning spite dishes? I guess where it's like like the I'll show you, and then they make a thing. That's, yeah, that's such a great question. Um, I wish we had the keeper of the memories here to answer that. My gut says that more often than not, if you if you cook with love, it tends to go well, and if you cook with spite, it tends to not work. Yeah. <laughs> Although some people have been like, I'm gonna prove, I'm gonna prove to Padma and the judges that I can do this. And I, yeah, you I know, yeah. sometimes I, that doesn't feel a spite. That feels like sort of self affirmation. Yeah, but it does feel like Sam's second attempt at potatoes. Like I just feel like yeah. more often than not, you're like, well, this is you did better than I expected, but it still tastes like a lot of greasy potatoes. Yeah. yeah. Usually, if someone has a a restaurant known for a thing. Like, like I'm thinking back to like the Seattle rewatch, yeah. Uh, where it's like, it's like, hey, I just make pork all the time, and it's like, nope, stop, stop it. And then it's, it's like, <laughs> well, I got proof that I can do it. It's like, nope, second time wasn't better. It's like, well, third time, surely <laughs> this is my thing. I was, I was actually thinking about that with, um, I think somebody last week. But it, it, the, the thing that is important to remember is that if you just because you made it every day, you make it every day on your equipment and the and without a timer. And so I think that. Like you forget that you're not a pork expert. You're a pork expert in with certain conditions that are no longer existent. Mm. Oh yeah, so this like is the, the same thing as like yeah, I think I can take a shower pretty good, but I get to a hotel room and I, I'm just all over oh, the place. That's such a good metaphor. <laughs> you're exactly right. I think of myself Wait. as being very good at showering. Yeah, I even with the same day. even with the same shower condiments, even with the same equipment. Yeah, you know, like yep. you, you turn on the water and it's it's different. The shelf is in a different place. There's yes. a timer. Yes. People are yelling. I don't know. <laughs> so, so I love the idea of Chris Oak sort of like you know seeing this new shower and like trying to just like headstand <laughs> like and there's like sure his feet go up top. Right? All wrong. <laughs> you you point it at the mirror right, and then you turn it on. <laughs> My favorite part of that, that I think we do need to give an extra second to, is thinking of shampoo and conditioner as condiments for my head. (laughs) They'd be better with honey condiments from now on. (laughs) 
Yeah, shower with hot honey. It's the trendy thing to do. Oh, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, yeah, that's a very good metaphor. Um, I would like to have eaten all these biscuits, although I did, especially watching their faces, it felt like the way uh, there's too many chefs on our TV still. There felt like there were too many biscuits in our judge. This uh, yeah, like I was wondering. Probably you, you wouldn't enjoy it at the end. Well, well so we, we are getting to like the like the right number of chefs on a TV soon, especially with this double elimination. I'm kind of curious After for today, everyone. For sure. what, yeah. what, is your, what is your peak? What's the right number of, of chefs where it's like, hey, if we could just be locked in somehow at this number, I'd be happy. I, I think, think it's restaurant like, wars. I think it's eight. Yeah, yeah eight's a great number. I was gonna say I think there's like a there's like a psych one hundred and one study you learn about in in college that's like humans can remember seven things. Humans can hang on to a list of seven things, no more, no less. Yeah, probably less. We also but no organize yourself more in groups hard. of one hundred fifty people, though. I think I think that was like oh, the yeah, limit of like how many one. people you can know. So I do think around ten is where you can get. I can get vibes pretty well but eight is definitely where i'm the most like restaurant wars is a great answer that's where it gets emotionally investing mm. but could i get I 10 like if it started at 10 would i know 10 because we're at 10 but we got four weeks to get to know them mm-hmm. interesting good question mm. um we uh oh i had one other idea which is they should have just had a uh, cans of biscuits just in case you should have had like Pillsbury jump scare biscuits. Just oh, yeah. Oh. Those have a lot of jump in them. Those yeah, cans. they really do. They're very exciting. <laughs> um, so Sometimes you don't quite get the pop right and it just kind of like oozes. Which oh, is, I've never had that. That sounds like it's not in a good shape. Oh, well, shape. it's like if you twist it and like you just sort of like maybe just mm. crack a little bit. It's like it's sort of like like it's a, like a glow stick. Like starts like leaking leaking the, mm. the, the biscuit brains. I've had also where you get the paper all the way off and it hasn't opened and then you have to start like tapping it with the spoon being like hello do you want to come out little little boomy do you want to come out um there's like a fake, fake nut like thing where it's like like sprays out right with yeah, the, like, yeah. the, 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 oh the, man they yeah. should pillsbury really should like one in every ten thousand biscuit cans should be full of fake snakes on, on <laughs> like springy snakes that's a great prank yeah i want a lower I mean, ratio i want get one a coupon or something for yeah <laughs> one <laughs> out of three. Oh my gosh what Dude, do you mean be, that's actually just that like you're just increasing the cost of biscuits i have to buy so many more biscuits just in case i get all snakes again biscuits now with 30 percent more snakes like, <laughs> that's too many percent pillsbury oops all snakes biscuits is great. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of pranks, um, our next uh, challenge, the Elimination Challenge today, starts with a little prank show. So they uh, bring on guest judge, molecular gastronomy expert, Wiley Dufresne, formerly of WD50 in New York, and sporting the shortest hair we've ever seen him have. So I guess if you go into pandemic with like 20 years of long hair, the thing to do to let yourself go was to cut it short, maybe? Yeah. Wait, did he, yeah. is he not at WD50 anymore? Did they, they, whatever. I think is, they, does it doesn't exist. Like, Years ago, yeah, WD fifty closed a while ago. Is yeah, that, that closed w- like a decade ago. Yeah, okay, I think twenty thirteen. Well, then, uh, um, uh, not because it was doing badly, because like the building turned into a condos or something, like turned into other buildings, I believe. Um, but I don't Fair. actually think he has a current restaurant. I think he has both formerly restaurants, and now he's just going around being famous. Um, yeah, and doing a lot of uh, consulting stuff. Yeah, I think. I think I believe that is the case. He, d- I mean, what a good consultant! If you're like, look, we have this great restaurant, we're enjoying everything, but we wish something. We wish we had a log of peanut butter that you could tie into a knot, and then <laughs> who do you bring in? You bring Where, in Wiley. A square-sided extruded string of peanut butter or foie gras. Like, so here's what? where we get into. Um, the, here's where we get into this. Not yum. only is that a, like, it's a horrifying sound, but then the the way they revealed to the chefs what the challenge was was through a little prank show where they get got the chefs into teams of two. No, it's great. It's great. And then they gave them the two identical extruded square brown goos. One being foie gras, the other one being peanut butter, both tied in a knot for no apparent reason. And um, I guess it's a square knot. And then, um, but they gave them. They asked you to name tasting notes out loud just to confuse each other and make people think you're weird 
Yeah, they're like, wow, I thought I had a good palate, but I'm not <laughs> tasting peanut butter and cookie crumble. I'm getting <laughs> foie gras and like yeah, I would think whatever. if you were eating foie gras and the person next to you said it tastes like chocolate and peanut butter, you that you'd immediately that would be a red flag. That's too far Although, different. You know, there are those like sommelier people who are like, ooh, I taste oh, uh, peanut butter in like leaves of grass, and like, <laughs> like it's mostly wine. I'm pretty sure this I tastes don't know. like mementos and uh, a vision of the future. And yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah so i don't know it's got a lot um yeah but it so was they, i mean it was shockingly well done in terms of matching color matching form like the the cocoa like or the cookie powder looked like the thing underneath the foie gras and it was like yeah. it was done perfectly yeah it was it was, it was, was very awesome. well executed despite being strange looking way for food to be presented in any case in a way that was like i don't know the the if you can tie my food in a knot i'm a little less excited about it not not that it's impossible it's, but Hmm. It's for a pun, though, Alex. I'm pretty sure it's just for the not, like not foie. Oh like, my yeah, god! And, you know, and I do like pretzels. So, oh, oh touche! I forgot about pretzels. You forgot about pretzels. Oh man! <laughs> oh, how did I forget about pretzels? You want to know a fun fact about pretzels? We learned yesterday. We went bowling yeah, the other okay. day, and we were we were bowling, and we were like, "Who is this AMF? The bowling people the and and AMF, which invented like a lot of bowling equipment." Also invented the first ever automatic pretzel twister and what? nuclear reactors. <laughs> One company, the same company, did all three of those things and so much more. They also owned Harley Davidson for a little while and they made yachts. What Man, a legacy. This is, yeah, no, manufacturing companies are weird. You think about yeah. like Yamaha, where you're like, I'd like a Sea-Doo or a saxophone. And they're like, <laughs> we got you, bud. Like, yeah, know. our thing is warehouses where people make things. That's our that's our whole thing. <laughs> yeah it is wild. wow um anyway that's amf uh pretzels good point i love things that are twisted into also knots. garlic knots <laughs> garlic knots Just, solid not as much right but now. they're solid um yeah if they're free they're great yeah those, I take you're a right, free you're right. pretzels is a better argument anyway um so they do their little prank show and then uh prank show concluded dufresne challenges the chefs to do the same thing and uh, like I said at the beginning, instant classic, you guys. Immediately top five challenges of all time. Just the neatest thing. I just was, I was beaming. Tom, you could cl- see the judges were having a great, like Tom was beaming. Every time a dish was delivered, they were like, look at these. They're so similar. Like really, yeah, really fun. Yeah. So the challenge is make two dishes that look exactly the same and taste exactly the different. That's <laughs> yeah, the whole one, point. They don't have to be one savory, one sweet, but they have to be completely different. Yeah, as different as possible. So it was a, a, a bunch of people went with savory sweet. Some people went with um, um, like a uh, there was like one that was like a hot dish and a salad. There's the noodles and the noodle salad, which I thought was kind of a nice idea. Um, but there were some that were just like two two savories, but different savories. Um, but yeah, Only really delightful. One group did that, right? That was Jay and Nick. I want to say I'll get to this Somebody one. Somebody else made a dessert. Yeah. Um, oh no, it, no, Luke and oh yeah, you got it. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I it was a, a restaurant. Oh. I think they were just two different savories. Um, yeah, I'll come yeah. back to it. Let me. Okay, so uh, I just got myself lost in my notes, but here it comes. There we go. Um, in the top, Ashley's scallops and melon in green goo, alongside God's favorite restaurants, mushrooms and pickled cucumber, which I don't want to present myself as a food genius. I believe is called a pickle, also in green goo. Um, right? Don't you not have to say pickled cucumber? Isn't that just isn't that what a pickle is? In this country, you don't have to say it. But oh, okay, sure, sure. In in Nomo, you have to say it differently. Well, because well, you, know, you can like, pickle like, so many things, and all of them are pickles. It's just that pickled cucumbers are by far, far the most common pickle in North America. So when we say a pickle, we're always referring to it as yeah. a cucumber. No, I was Look, talking to like a tricky uh, situation. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I got myself yeah. in a pickled cucumber today. I can't get out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, a, a game with a baseball bat in a small area. Mm. Pickleball. A baseball bat? Yeah, you oh. play pickleball. You get a bat and a little ball. And you, yeah, anyway. Oh, Wait, no, I, know, it's, I know it's, it's not ball, always. It's also a pickle but... on the bases. Yeah, yeah. So that's different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was wow, like, so why, many why uses are you in this a word? baseball pickle with a bat? Who's getting well, there's, hit? There's also like, like a pickleball. There's a pickleball that's like more like tennis rackety, I think. Yeah, oh, it's like it's a nice. paddle instead of tennis racket. Yeah, I was confu- I was conflating those two things. Yeah. Well, we did used to play pickle, which I thought was where you you'd give like four people in a little arc and you'd hit grounders to them, and they'd have to try to like I don't remember. Mm. It was a, it was like a that's baseball ball. Oh, that's, well. that's that's pepper. Oh, that is pepper. Oh, that goes good in a biscuit, but not too much. Okay. Um, yeah. All this, all this food pepper. talk, even though it's baseball. Yeah. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> Baseball's really hungry. Um, 
so that's uh, uh, Ashley and Nomo. And then uh, Jackson still can't taste victory, but his first choice buddy, Buddha, and their extra 30 minutes were enough to grab him the second win of the day with two dishes featuring way more everything and not much bagel. Even more everything and less bagel than Trader Joe's everything but the bagel seasoning, um, where it does feel like he had to have been inspired, right? They they had that first. Everything yeah, but the bagel. Yeah, sure. I don't I mean, know but there's there everything Joe's bagels before that. Oh, that's a good point. What what'd you say, Ez? Well, just there everything bagels like existed before Trader Joe's. No, but specifically like, calling it everything but the bagel is just so suspicious. But he what true. he does, so he goes salmon tartare and cream cheese sauce in white and green goo under a multi seed tweel. Uh, and that is paired with Buddha's strawberry tartare and white chocolate bonbon in white and green goo with sweet pastry tweel. Um, actually, since we're since we're at everything bagel, can we discuss the fact that everything in this context just means four seeds? Like that's mm-hmm. not that's and, not oh, wait, everything. It's like it's, and salt and garlic usually. I think. Yeah. Okay. It's, so six it's all seasonings. the bagel things, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Name it's me a bagel thing that in isn't the world. that. <laughs> It's all the bagel, everything. You want a sandwich with everything on it? They don't give you a sandwich with literally everything on it, Alex. I Wait. just want you to know. Oh my gosh, you really <laughs> do. Wait, you could just like take the bread and put it on the ground, and then it's just like you just have to find someone else on the other side of the earth to put the other yep. slice of yep. bread on that. Classic. And then you'll have a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not everything because yep. it doesn't and- include birds and stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. You're right. Nor is it, politically speaking, edible. Yeah. But, also, not, yeah. not super edible. You'd have to have a really big mouth. But I do feel like if you were at a sandwich shop and you're like, I'd like everything on it. And they were like, here's three different kinds of seeds and garlic powder. Like, that wouldn't be enough. That wouldn't be enough. But if you're like, okay, okay. okay. here are your memories. Okay. Like, here <laughs> is like, you know, like, it's uh, enough. the Gutenberg Bible. <laughs> like, you can't just like, there are more, there's too many things to put on a sandwich. I'm going to say it. Like, you know, like, so I'm, not, I'm not mad at them not having like Bibles on my bagel. I'm mad at the name <laughs> exaggerating for, for <laughs> what four seeds. You just want some things, a some things bagel. You know <laughs> some, that's that's yeah. all I want is I want them to call it. You can have you can have a garlic bagel. You can have an onion bagel. You can have a salt bagel. You can have a some things bagel. Those are that's all I want. It's a some things. But like at the bagel store, you can get garlic. You can get salt. You can get onion. You can get uh, sesame. You can get poppy. Right. And then there's a bagel that has all of the available options right. of those. Also known as some things. They call it. But it's like okay, so or, I guess if you're, you call you know it, what, you're you glad it. that they're not putting cinnamon and raisins in there. Well, that's that a good weird. point. I I it thought would be really weird. It did occur to me that an argument that is is that it's not all the bagel things because they sometimes sell like a cranberry bagel or whatever. And then I was like, that makes me look like a real bagel idiot, and I don't want to say it. So yeah, um, don't don't do those. Don't right. have those bagels. It would make me look yeah. bad. And then you were like, you don't even want to say that because it'll make you look bad. So you were on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. It would have been a bad argument. Yeah. I like a blueberry I, hummus bagel. Yeah, that doesn't help. I thought right. that Buddha and Jackson were really clever to make their tweel look so intricate. Um, yeah. So that it distracted from the minor differences in color and texture and some of the stuff. So oh, that you're like, oh, that is the same. Yeah. And uh, by making it was the looking thing. Like, by making them look like, yeah, it was like, a, it was like a, a lid to the dish, a, a latticed lid tweel over the top of their dishes. Yeah. So everything's like seen through the everything bagel or sweet tweel thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, it looked very good, this dish. Yeah. Holy I mean, most cow. of the food looks pretty good. Like. Yeah. Um, it's also crazy that with only three of his major senses available, Jackson has been on three elimination tops and two quick fire tops out of four episodes. That is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Right? He's real good, guys. I mean, like, also, like, we say three because he says he's his taste is mostly back in terms of the raw, like, salt, salt, sour, sweet, right. he, whatever. Right. But, like, he can't smell, so he can't get any nuance out of his taster. You know? Right, right. And his feel seems right, and his um, sense of control seems to be there. Yeah, he can hear stuff. Um, that one where somebody enters a room, but they haven't said anything yet, but you know you're someone else is there. He's got that one. Mm. Yeah. The sixth sense. The sixth sense. Yeah, he yeah. can see ghosts. Yeah. There's yeah. maybe sense. He can see horses. Yeah. <laughs> he can tell a horse is around. It's not the most valuable sense, but it is very useful in like <laughs> the old west or at a cowboy show or something, but just can always tell if there's a horse within 30 feet. It's useful if you're a horse also, because then you get a buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they find buddies it. here. Yeah. Buddy sense. I'm sensing my horse friend. 
<laughs> um, on the bad side of the challenge, um, the Texas twins, Evelyn and Joe, make a cheesecake yeah. to pork, be- pork belly leather combo, um, which um, it's never good when Tom compares it to clothing. Um, no. uh, unless, of course, Evelyn had made fruit leather, and then maybe that could work. Yes. Um, a leather combo. Always works. <laughs> But luckily, 100% improved. luckily for the home team, they squeaked ahead of Sarah and Robert's matching textural failures. Although, again, <laughs> it does kind of match. Um, neither the shrimp dome nor the panna cotta dome are good domes. And so they're both sent home. Uh, and that is the challenge. It's not really fair because I don't eat shrimp, but a shrimp dome doesn't sound... <laughs> it doesn't sound appealing to me. It doesn't sound good. Nor does a panna cotta that, that is described as loose. Like, I'm just like, uh, <laughs> I what, mean, what are we doing? I do, uh, let's see, uh, at JKMHS on Twitter, it says, if you, if you attempt a panna cotta or a risotto on the show, there should just be a giant buzzer that goes off and Tom yells, no, bad! <laughs> <laughs> Which I do think would work, but there was another panna cotta that did well on this one. What does not work is if your panna cotta doesn't set, you don't save it. There's an, anytime they come up with the bag of gelatin and they're like, I'm just going to shake more of this in here. And then the ge- it, it's never good. Well, there's no time. I mean, like there's, there's yeah. no time to correct that point, but that's true. Yeah. But man, also, bad, I just want to loose. We're talking tops and bottoms in the middle. I, I just want to give a special shout out to Monique and Damar who made like matching little sandwiches. Oh yeah. They were so it, cute. It seemed like, yeah, like they didn't taste better than the top dishes, but the visual delight on the judges' faces when those arrived, where they're like, "Ooh, I can't tell them apart." It was very like, <laughs> yeah. So, so it was, it was, um, it was extra good. The breads <laughs> were like uh, an like what like a a cake bread, and the other one was cornbread, and then in the was middle one had ice was cream, condensed. and one had chicken liver mousse. Um, yeah, very cute. Um, what? Yeah, I mean, what, what, the judges were just so delighted, and I, it was just, it was so neat, you guys. It was so neat. Yeah, they were happy, and and there was some, there was like a lot of exploratory and playfulness there. I guess I'm kind of curious, you know, for 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 y'all, what would you do if you had this challenge? I to to eat or to cook? Realize to cook. That I was in over my head. Oh, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, we. So I, I do think though, we we were talking about what are two things we know that we eat that look similar. But taste different. Yeah. Like where what would we start from that? And I can't remember what we thought of. We thought of a couple things. I mean, listen, vanilla ice cream and mashed potatoes look pretty similar. I think I could use Solid. that as a starting point. That is a good like starting that. point. No, totally. I, I was thinking a cup of salt water and a cup of sugar water. Because oh. it's pretty different. It's pretty identical. Also just table salt and sugar. Yeah, those are both oh, very upsettingly easier. different. People make that mistake that, all the time. Well then soda you can, and baking like, powder. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yes. Um, really, really, we're getting tasty treats. Here's mashed potatoes with a sprinkling of baking soda, a hard boiled egg, and a raw egg. (laughs) Oh, I was thinking of eggs. So, eggs are actually, there is a lot of like, uh, you're right, that's true, from the outside, uncracked. Um, they do taste pretty similar, just different textures. They do um, not taste similar. Yeah, I think your experience like, being one there is there very different. Things that are like a fried egg where you could do like like a um, custard. a custard and then in an orange slice. Oh, I, I like like you, that. you could do a lot of I've seen a lot of people do different versions of fake eggs, which are super fun. Yeah. Um I, I am also, glad I that, that uh, one person did scallops, but not everybody, because scallops are like the easiest thing to fake. You know, we have famously Richard's banana scallops. It's like one of the most famous Top Chef dishes. Yeah, but um, that, that mushroom looks a lot like a scallop. Yeah, when, when King Oyster it, Mushroom. Was, dominating over cool. all the other oyster mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. But you could do a lot of things that are just round and white and a little caramelized. Yeah, or things that are like fried and then a dessert that's like quote unquote fried, like that fried chicken ice cream that's like rolled in cornflakes or whatever. Oh yeah, um, I mean, any, yeah, hide something in cornflakes. It's a great idea. Yeah, um, there's. I don't know if y'all had it. There's that fried chicken ice cream that looks like a drumstick, but it's just uh, you know, cornflake rolled, a white chocolate ice cream with a little cookie chicken bone in in the middle. And, I've not uh, had that. It where, sounds awesome. Where do you get it? Uh, well, you can get it from Gold Belly for too much money, but uh, sometimes specialty grocery stores stock it. It's uh, crazy. I've had like just fried ice cream with the cornflakes, but not n- yeah, nothing so this, fancy as what you're describing. This, well, this isn't, uh, it's not fried, actually. It just uh, looks fried. So, what is Gold uh, Belly? 
Oh, it's Gold is places. It is a like you can national distributor of (laughs) premium food products that are like smaller. Like the product doesn't have a distribution in and of itself, but Gold Belly will pick up that product. Okay, so the the company here, I where the you know Gold Belly was going to pick up one of the products from the bakery uh, this Uh, past season. You know, there's just stuff. Um, okay, so this is from the, this fried chicken is from Life Life Raft Treats, um, and yep. um, which is and from a James, chicken free, a, a James Beard award winning uh, pastry chef from Charleston, South Carolina, um, Cynthia Wong, um, and but yeah, Gold Belly will send you a bucket of fried chicken ice cream treats for a hundred dollars, free yeah. shipping, or you Possibly can plus shipping, yeah, yeah. No, no, free shipping, shipping, which is, it oh, is free okay, shipping. It, it does, but that, and you also have all the dry ice you could ever burn your hands off with. So that's fun. Yeah. That is yeah. something. I mean, like, I'd say it's not much cheaper for us from Fresh Direct here in New York, but it's, it's, it's a little cheaper. Oh, they also make uh, cheeseburger whoopie pies. I enjoy that. Oh, um, yeah. Or a cookie fries, a basket of French fries looking, but they're cookies. Wow, it does seem like you can make like a baked good look. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that whole that whole Netflix like, show. Uh, is, is it cake? It cake? Yeah, yeah, you could just it it could just be a savory thing, and then just a person who made it all out of cake. It's yeah, pretty fun. Exactly, dude. These look yeah. amazing. I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars on it, but this chicken bars look pretty rad. Yeah, we don't out. get a full bucket. We get like one. You know, well, if I'm ever in South Carolina, I'm going to go check out this food cart. There you go. Yeah. Life raft treats. Okay, well, there's our, there's our tip for you for the day. And yeah. in case somebody Sorry. does have... Great podcasting, everybody. No, no, <laughs> if anyone has $100 that they don't want to have anymore, I'm going to put this link in the show notes so you can order a few pieces of ice cream chicken. Um, you have $200 you want to have anymore. Really good. Get one for us, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But we all live in different places. You have to send them to... You know, it'd be kind of hard for us all to taste them. Now, send it to specifically Ezra, because he asked first. That's, that's true. That he works. did ask. Yeah. That was the point. dibs. <laughs> He's got dibs. Um, uh, at Leprechaun um, asked, um, is Jackson showing us that you do not have to taste food as you cook it? Like Tom has been insisting on you having to taste all as you go, but maybe he's wrong. I think only if you're uh, real good, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing is Jackson has years and years of professional experience where he could taste to rely on as well as people like helping him taste sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't say taste is unimportant to cooking. I will say for short stints, you can rely on a vast wealth of experience instead of real-time feedback. I, yeah, it sort of feels like if you were like, you're, you went to a boxing match and the person was like, I'll do it with one hand tied behind my back, but that person was like Evander Holyfield, and you'd be like, well, so some people can still punch me with one hand, but I wouldn't say everyone should do it. I, yeah. I mean, I think if you know that this is a limitation you have, um... And like you, you kind of balance for it. And you have some other skills as well. Like this is kind of a daredevil situation, right? Where it's like you don't actually have to have all the senses working at all times. Some are heightened, and you also kind of like manage like that deficiency. I think that's actually maybe a better. You're situation saying that because you. of COVID, Jackson yes. has really good. What are you saying? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got a. He can see your dish from across the room. He's got all he, oh, legalized Jackson. <laughs> yeah and he's like oh. you know, his pal- he's, he tastes textures even better he like he really oh, understands that's true yeah yeah he's got right? a lumpy tongue <laughs> got that good lump tongue yeah <laughs> sorry i'm sorry chris um okay so uh last thoughts on this i am relieved that we didn't lose both texas chefs at one time that would have been a real bummer of a double elimination for the yeah. texas season yeah i i i like them i like their friendship with each other uh you know, I, I want to see not, more of their yeah, personalities. I'm not as attached but. to them as I am. Um, just the idea of both the home teams going home at the same on the same day seems like a bummer. Um, yeah, that does. Early. So, how many people are left? Uh, now, now ten. Ten. I feel like now they've got two people in last chance. I feel like they're going to bring someone back soon. Yeah, that's yeah. very possible. We have to. We don't know how they're going to do that, but it it does seem likely that it's going to be another half and half last chance kitchen and that there's somebody might be back shortly um Mm -hmm. because we only did a single elimination despite having three people in last chance kitchen this week speaking of which let's jump in last chance kitchen so we got three chefs left in lc kitchen and tom 
he must be hungry because he wants a sweet dish and a savory dish from each person in 30 minutes. But then wow. um, in this weird uh, sort of a brackety thing, anyway, he's going to pick the best savory dish. That person moves on. And then Brooke Williamson, old B-dubs, is going to pick up the best sweet winner of the people who don't win for savory and move that person on. Um, so you could go all in on one. You could decide, I'm just going to win sweet. That was sweet. my theory. Yeah. Um, if you just like, you were like, okay, for your savory dish, here is a Pillsbury biscuit that I opened and threw in a fryer. <laughs> and then for my sweet dish... Here, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And sprinkling of uh, uh, baking soda on top. Um, yeah, you you could go all in on sweet. I think would be the way to make your odds the best. Well, I I like it because like it's just a fifty fifty shot, right? And so for for sweet, so you might as mm-hmm. well just like say like, oh, I'm I'm just gonna like I will make sure like half an hour to do a sweet dish, assuming you were comfortable there. That seems pretty yeah. good. Well, yeah, and it, and I think you could do better than fifty fifty because. Sweet dishes are hard, and the other people are putting only half effort into their sweet dishes. So your full effort again. Anyway, no one went all um, all strategy oh, on them. But wait, what if there's too many people like me though? And it's like there's two people who just went all Tom in. Tom is on just with sad sweet. looking at his piles of salt that he's get gets to eat, and Brooke gets to have so much fun eating three amazing desserts. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, in the end, though, no one goes Ezra strategy. Sarah wins um, best jerk base. Bass, best jerk bass. Um, so jerk bass wins best savory food, um, which is good because she was not going to win in the pudding round. She got no points for pudding. Um, and then Leah grabs the second spot in a definitely not a nail biter since her donuts were incredible. And Robert's pancake, Brooke Williams called fun. Uh, it turned out better than I thought it was going to. Uh, it, looked, yeah. it looked awful. I mean, it, it, he he used cream instead uh. of buttermilk, which um, in almost every circumstance sounds better to me, but not in pancakes. Right. As he said, like it has too much fat. It's not going to rise. So you had a, a, a soggy, thin flop, like a flop of a pancake I, I think, kind of. It, yeah. it wasn't it, it looked you know. creepy, but with the wrong ingredients to taste good like a crepe. There's yeah. another issue I think that happened. Um, so probably could have used some like maybe like moonshine vinegar. Basically, one of the things you need for the um, for the for the buttermilk is you need that acid to react with your baking soda. Um, Ooh, good call. That's gonna, yeah. that's gonna create that. Um, that creates the, the, nice the volcano bubbles. bubbles. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, wow, yeah, good, good had, call. He had nothing. He had very thin, cruddy pancakes, and so as soon as he didn't win yeah. for his ceviche, it was over. It was curtains for Robert, which. You know, yeah. I, I think I mostly liked Robert, although he his his interview going into Last Chance Kitchen was we went home and it was not my fault. It was my partner's fault. It wouldn't I wouldn't have gone Ooh. home if it was at a single person elimination challenge. And I did not care for that. No. So it no. made me fine with him going home, especially him messing up and then going home. Yeah. Do you think he was yeah. wrong? I mean, like I I felt like I wasn't <sighs> into his his tone or his attitude. Um, during, you know, the first times we saw him, even when he yeah. won, which, uh, I was like, oh, he won. Well, maybe he's like really, really good and we'll see him shine in some other ways. And unfortunately we didn't really get a chance to do so. So, yeah, I think he also might be another good, he might be a good stool person. I think he'll be enjoyable once he's chill and, and hanging out with Sam. Um, yeah, but I that. yeah, I, it did seem like maybe he had a bit of an attitude. I, do I think he wouldn't have gone home if he was not on a team? I mean, I don't, I did not get the impression. He he basically said, like, I had better ideas in my head, but I didn't suggest them. I it seemed my. Yeah, you right? don't get touched with those. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, I think to give him the benefit of the doubt, I think he was thinking like, oh, you know, I didn't really, I just sort of went with this idea and I didn't think of my own ideas. I don't know if he had other ideas, but I think, he, I think it was just a moment of like, you know, thinking back about what he could have done um, better I in mean, the situation. In the- it definitely was weird when Sarah was like, I've made a shrimp dome before, but she doesn't eat shrimp. Um, that's, that is like a somewhat questionable decision, but I don't feel like, but he, his panna cotta didn't work. Right. So yeah, he did, he did, he did his dome wrong and if his if his dome had been amazing, and they were like, "Look, your half of the dish was great, but this shrimp dome wasn't working for anybody," that would be one thing. But it was like he blew it on his side of things. So I don't know if he he doesn't get credit for being like, "Well, I might have thought of making something else." Yeah, it, I mean, I would rather have. I guess, I guess I'd still rather have his, but like they're they're not 
It, it's well, the, I would rather have this too because again, Shrimp Dome. It's not. That's the worst dome since Thunderdome. Dome I think. first. The dome first approach for them was not <laughs> successful. I think they were like, "What do you think? Like, what can we make in the same shape?" Yeah, it's it's right. a tough one. Uh, I agree. Um, so they, uh, yeah. So he he's eliminated. We have two left. We think we might we might get somebody back soonish. I I don't I don't remember offhand how early we got somebody back before, but there's two people going on. I was thinking about whether you want to be going against two people in Last Chance Kitchen, because on, on its face, it sounds way worse to be going you against two people, because um, you have obviously a 33% chance instead of a 50% chance of moving on. But, but, no. but no, it's better than going against two people and then or you against one person and then you against that other person the next week, because that's well, a total of 25% chance of moving on. So if you go against the two at the same time, instead of in two rounds, you actually have a better shot. And then they've also, in recent seasons, it's like, you're not guaranteed to be able to go back that someone from last chance will go back. Oh, into the right. Sometimes like to, like, they can get kept out, right? Challenge the current chefs or something. I forgot about I that. That was crazy. That was in all stars where they were like, you don't get to get back in if the vaults win. Right. Did yeah. There was, yeah. That, that was weird. It was and so weird. Like, they, they, yeah. I competed against three different chefs. And right. Like, yeah. Two out of three or whatever. I, I, I don't think they do that. No more. You know, like they just, yeah. You didn't. I, I don't I feel like that went super well. Um, I did enjoy. Oh, it was more exciting too. when people jump back in. You know, yeah. they like last season they had two different people jump back in fully. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it was on the fifth episode of Last Chance Kitchen they got someone back in. Okay, so this was okay. the fourth episode that we just. Or third, yeah, we just the fourth. Uh, third. It was the oh. fourth episode overall. Third LCK because there's no LCK the first week. Yep. Um, all right, so now it's time to rank. Get your cowpokes together. Wrangle your oh. posses, everybody. How many cowpokes are you in your posse for this episode from zero to five? How Texasy was this? I will say, hmm. since the domes went home, um, didn't really work with that Astrodome theme. I feel like a redemption. That redemption. Yeah, that's sort of like a, an excisement of the. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. One, One the biscuits. Yeah. yeah. One for biscuits. Uh, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think Wiley Dufresne is as big of a Texas icon as I understand it. Uh, <laughs> no, um, maybe no. he is. He, um, well, though, he, interestingly, Wiley made an entire other state that looks identical to Texas. I uh, like this, <laughs> but it's not actually. I'll give it two for. But it's made biscuits. of foam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think, Lucille. Like talking I, about Lucille's was cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, this is how all of them have been. Have been quick fire. We yeah. meet a Texas chef, and then elimination. We forget about them, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm we're it, hovering. I'm give it one y'all, one, one y'all, one y'all. Yeah, one, we're hovering around I mean, one like, and a half but, y'alls on average. Yeah. So, like, is was this episode a good way to explore Houston and its culture and the setting, or do do a little food tourism? Not really, but it was still one of the best challenges of recent yeah. memory yeah. you know i mean right so so no no cow pokes but definitely you know i got a full yeah. posse i don't know it, it this does feel like four episodes in i've learned nothing about texas and uh yet i would but but i want this wiley <laughs> dufresne square not challenge to be every season when there's 10 people i want to just do this challenge every year from now on it's the best this was impressive yeah. and pretty stressful for me because it's a lot of like it's there's so much more time on the aesthetics of it than we usually ever spend, you know, just trying to get it looking yeah. right. And that's like, that's a really different skill. So it is. I mean, it's complimentary, um, right? They do have to do some yeah. of it. I don't know. I mean, if, oh, if everyone had done bad, but it was really like there were a lot of stress edits, but mostly people did well. So if it was, it didn't seem impossible. Like, unlike, I mean, we still like restaurant wars and people almost never succeed at that. That's this true. actually seemed like it had a higher success rate than restaurant wars and lower stress. Yeah. yeah, we did also learn that next week. Um, so before we have restaurant wars, probably in two weeks, but next week, or actually maybe three weeks, because someone will come back. But next week, we're gonna do a barbecue challenge, possibly an all night barbecue challenge. It seemed like people were tired. Yeah, yeah. It seems like I mean, barbecue takes a while going from start, you know. Yeah, and so uh, it definitely seems like that was gonna happen. We knew it was gonna happen. It seems like we're finally yeah. at barbecue challenge. So maybe that'll be more. They don't have to y'all. build their own barbecues. They're using pre-built barbecues that I like. Probably that. do a better job than what we've seen before on Top Chef. Yeah, so I agree. 
hopefully good. Um, but, but we'll get a yeah, couple of folks in that. Uh, barbecue challenge. All right. Yeah. And now we have one more order of business. Uh oh. It's time for the Pack Your Mike's mailbag. You can get in touch with our mailbag at any time by sending us an email. Mailbag at packyourmikes.com. Um, first up, sister of the show, Maddie, wrote in. Just wanted to say, I think Sam uh, being a spectator was the best part of Last Chance Kitchen this week. Never before have I seen someone sit on a stool with such earnest enthusiasm. Big Sam fan <laughs> over here. The kid is so earnest. He, oh man, yeah, like just, he just he loves being there. He loves adding to positive energy. Also, yep. hi Maddie, Happy to be part of a team. Um, yep, yep, and uh, yeah, Maddie's also. I, I agree. I think we've got some everything good. bagel twill, um, which does sound pretty dope. Um, yeah, Sam, we we I, said this. We were like, Sam will be fun, and then Sam was fun, and hopefully Robert will yeah. also be a good addition. Yeah. Um, also, oh, we got some, uh, we got, we got a thoughts dump from Hannah. So, uh, um, (laughs) no, great. Very exciting. Um, no, I'm just, uh, I'm not, I'm I'm raising myself. Here we go. Oh yeah. Um, A couple of thoughts (laughs) thoughts from Hannah. Let me talk about Chris for a while. (laughs) (laughs) You always say you're eliminating Chris and then he comes back. What's the deal? No. Um, so Hannah says, I find it weird every time Noma says something along the lines of, I spent eight and a half years in Europe. Why doesn't he round to eight years or even round <laughs> yeah. up to a decade? 8.5 is so weirdly specific. You have um, to be very precise to work at God's favorite restaurant. Oh, that could be it. Yeah. That if he said yeah, it's about-, about nine years, somebody from Noma would come over and take away a star. I um, guess uh, to me, like not only is it about precision, but it's that eight and a half sounds a lot closer to 10 than eight would. If you said eight, it's like, oh, okay, that's like, you know, halfway ish between five and ten i guess some years and someone's like eight and a half i think he's trying to go for the big 10 and he's just not trying to make he's trying to he's like trying to do like 9.99 to make us think he's trying to like say one number to make us think another number yeah it's like almost nine years you know we should we should check the months but i do think he is rounding i think like he was probably there for eight eight years like four months maybe and this just is nice. <laughs> oh, he rounded up to eight and a half. Okay, that's interesting. This feels like a thing Very I would do. Very interesting yes. counter theory. Um, I also think that probably he hated it every day that he was there, and so for it's like he's he, got like the tally. Exactly. Yeah, he has he yeah. has a tally on tattooed on his back for every month he was at Noma, and so he can't help but feeling a awful eight and a half years. Um, also, more more thoughts from Hannah. Um, did you see that Melissa King, along with America Sam and Lauren Vanderpool, is cooking for the Met Gala? Man, cool. what a cool event. Yeah, holy cow. Yeah, that's cool. Good job, I Mel. That's, that's good. Um, I also like Hannah, Hannah pointed out the uh, spawn con from Talent, the Talenti glamour shots. Uh, legit made me cackle. Boy, that was funny. That was a long yeah. hold on an ice cream can. Like, just in case you didn't see it. We really want you to know. Some product placement gelato. is subtle, and some of them are like, I want you to know that I'm doing this on purpose. I could mm-hmm. cut away from this gelato at any moment. And I won't. But also, as far as SpawnCon goes, them just like chilling, eating gelato straight out of the tin. That was good fun. I think they didn't yeah. have to talk about it, and I think it is fairly representative yeah. of the experience of eating it, so it's not wrong. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty fun. Um, uh, I feel like for the first time ever, Tom um, asked a super pointed question quote whose decision was it to cut the scallops and the mushrooms that wasn't a trap like he actually loved yeah. that decision i was also faked out by that it sounded like for sure he's gonna be like what dummy but he was like wow great idea that was yeah, I, nice. I, agree. I agree yeah, yeah. And I, like, I had the same thought yeah i would love it if one time they were like so do you always cook your rice like this and then the person's like uh yeah and they're like good because it's perfect yeah never stop (laughs) (laughs) and then lastly i really like sarah's dry humor um she reminds me of stephanie seymour in a lot of ways i hope she sticks around sticks around or makes it back i was just saying yeah strong seymour energy and i enjoy it a lot yeah yeah i i hope she can get her cooking up up a a couple levels well the jerk bass was so good even though her pud was pretty gross apparently yeah but that's not bad she went all in on the savory she won savory Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All I need. 
But she also, yeah, I, I mean, I want her confidence to show up. And that was also Seymour's business was like Seymour was is so good and was doubting herself for a long time and then like kind of found herself in the end. But same way with like, I, I feel like I would watch I would watch Sarah's web series of her cooking because I'm sure she's incredible and she seems fun. Um, it's all right. And then lastly, I feel bad for them. But but the self-deprecation part is the funniest part as well. Yes. Right. Hmm. So I, okay. I want them yeah. to feel better about themselves, but also that is the endearing part as well. But, yeah, right. But stay dry uh, in your humor, but maybe like believe in yourself in your heart. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All right. And then lastly, we got an email from at Leprechaun um, as well. So we've already got a Twitter comment. Now we got an email clarifying a Twitter comment. So um, while I enjoyed your discussion last episode around my question, do you think the show would work in an area without a culinary scene? I was actually looking at the, I meant the question slightly differently. I wouldn't want the show to be shot on a soundstage and just ignore the scene. What I meant was, could this show showcase a place that wasn't known for its food scene? So I picked Berlin, New Hampshire, because it's a very small town in New Hampshire, which could use the help financially of a show like that a show like Top Chef could bring. Cities Mm -hmm. like Houston, Portland, LA, Boston, they don't really need the money or the publicity, but I imagine a town like Berlin or even the state of New Hampshire as a whole would welcome and really need the influx of tourism that this could provide. So I guess the question is more about finding the things that are great in a city that is not a huge, incredible food scene, but like people who are doing things really well still and highlighting mm-hmm. those. Yeah, I think I'm you sure have that... to have some kind of... Go ahead, Megan. Oh, I, I, I'm sure that they could do it. And I, I think it would be really fun. I think probably practically why it doesn't happen is that the cities are spending a lot of money to get Top Chef to their city. Right? Yes, like, I do think that's as far as like maybe maybe it is like they they obviously believe it is coming back to them in tourism dollars. Yeah. But this is an in, this is an advertising investment from the city. So one of the reasons it's probably not Berlin is not that Berlin couldn't use the attention. It's that Berlin can't afford the advertising dollars. So just like Berlin could use the attention of billboards in New York City, that's not free. So they're buying these these scenes, which I don't know if this is how I think it should work in the long run, but it is how it does work, which is that you buy Top Chef in your city. But I, yeah. I mean, I'd love I, to see Top Chef New Hampshire. I think that would be super fun. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure I there are people who are doing amazing things in New Hampshire, you know, like, and it would be, but it would be a different kind of thing you're highlighting. I was, you know, we were in, um, a very, I was in a very small town in Montana a couple of years ago where there's like this one diner that everybody was like, oh, if you're in Montana, go to this one. And I can't remember the name of it now, but it's like a dollar fifty for breakfast. You get what you get and it's incredible. And like, that would be a fun kind of place to highlight. Like, this is not a foodie scene. This is just like one person who's really good at cooking and really bad at setting prices. And it was a one wonderful time. Um, so I could imagine yeah. something like that in Berlin that would be really fun to talk about. Yeah. And I, I mean, like there's the the tourism part and then there's just sort of the how much of a restaurant scene is there. And I'm not saying that in a like how many expensive restaurants are there, but how many very different culinary things can they do yeah. that yeah. highlight that place in 14 to 16 episodes before they go somewhere else for the finale? You mm-hmm. know, like you need to have uh chefs from local restaurants be judges. Sometimes you need to have things that explore the area and, you know, being known for one great diner is good for a week, but is it good for a season? And I mean, I you think could do part of that. So like, I like Portland, there was the one where they were like, Oh, this is a farm that has fruit and we're going to go make a big feast out there. And yeah, talk that about was great. The fruit. Like you could do that in New Hampshire. You could go to a farm in New Hampshire and talk about that farm's food. And I'm sure there's like, Oh, we're going to go to the state fair and talk about the New Hampshire state fair and what something is there. Like I, I do think, I mean, it might be make more sense as a state, than as a city of Berlin. But like, I do think you could highlight interesting enough little things to make a, a, a season, especially considering even in Houston, today's episode was shot entirely on a soundstage and two thirds of it was featuring a New York chef. And so yep, you could absolutely. also have restaurant wars in New Hampshire. Um, although I do like the idea if you had to like actually get the people of Berlin to like your restaurant, you might be cooking a little differently, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a very interesting question because we are running out of, you know, we are running out of major media markets that Top Chef hasn't done seasons in. I mean, it, I'm sure they could go back to California again. They've only done three L.A. seasons. Probably could do more. Um, <laughs> they could probably do another season in New York. Maybe a Brooklyn season. Could you do that? You could do a different 
New York, okay. but not Manhattan. You just could. Brooklyn Queens would be pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean that that would it, you could do it, and uh-huh. I would say there's there are more people there that live in a lot of cities in the U.S. and there are more restaurants that are worthy of note than than many cities as a whole. But doing New York and not highlighting some of the Manhattan stuff seems a little tricky. I mean, I it sounds funny. Um, I, I could imagine that they like uh, would run out of um cities though at some point although brooklyn is twice the population of new hampshire as a whole the state yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so there's definitely like you definitely have a lot of options there um i did some lightning googles for that but um yeah it is double um but yeah i i mean i think it's a super interesting question uh leprechaun so thank you i i'm gonna keep thinking about what i actually want from a city i mean our main thing is i want to like learn about the city that's why i feel like why we started the cowpoke system is I want to know like how much am I feeling Texasy, and I am a little let or down Houston so far. Specific. Houstony, yeah, I'm just yeah. not feeling Houston specific right now, and I want to. I'm here for it, and I did mm-hmm. feel Portlandy for the most part of Portland. I thought, mm-hmm. didn't we have we had more umbrellas? Oh, definitely some stumps. stumps, stumps, stumps. Thanks, of course. Stumps. Yeah, we had more stumps. stumps than we've was had that the first? Yeah, was that the first one? I think. Oh, you know what? I think we initiated with the Seattle rewatch. I think we started with like, how, like Paul to Grande. Yeah, yeah, Starbucks yeah. sizes. Yeah, I remember that. That was fun. Good, good times, you guys. We've been hanging out for yeah, a while. Look at us. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for everybody who's written in. And if you would like to write in, we would love to have you. Mailbag at packyourmics.com. And we really appreciate all of our mailbag listeners. Really quick, before we go, last thing, as promised huh? last week, it's hard to say, but who's going to win? We know the chefs. There's not too many chefs on our TV anymore. Pick your winner right yeah. now. Everybody has to. Still Leah. <laughs> you Still always vote for whoever's first out. That's your. You know, the, for you, the strongest indicator not, of championship potential is first eliminated. But he's more right than he should be. At this I'm not wrong. Yet. Like, let's let's give Ezra some props here. Is that like Leah is doing everything possible? She's doing very well. On she's front runner in Last we, Chance Kitchen right now. Like we were laughing about her because Tom was like, "She's on this unbelievable winning streak. She won the first episode." And also the second, and now we're on the third. I mean, that's not that's not so. Sh- that's like literally the shortest possible amount that could be considered a streak. <laughs> it's not that impressive um, yet, right? It's but three. Now you're. I mean, that's getting real. Yeah, yeah. I know. She, yeah. she lost one in between. She lost the savory challenge. Right. She did lose the savory challenge. She also oh, did get okay. eliminated from Top Chef out of a lot of chefs. So she's really like well, three wins, two losses. Right, and and the savory. However, I think I think she did the Ezra. I think she put her energy into the Zoppoli. I, I yeah, think Zeppoli. Zeppoli. She did, she did um, not put her but, effort into that pudding. No. Well, that was somebody. No, else. Sorry, that was Sarah. But, yeah, um, yeah. What was her? It was. Uh, I thought was, she did a pork and apple thing. Oh no, she it? she did or... the she did the donuts. Right. She. So you're saying she yeah. put put her effort into the donuts and not into the savory. yeah, not yeah, the yeah. not the savory. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, okay. who's gonna win? I. Uh, go with jackson right now i really i, I want to do it with the taste tasteless wonder is no is where I, way I, I like oh, that's this. a that's a that's a great guess i mean I, as I'm wild thinking as Ezra's, who, but who am i who am i really blown away with as far as like who's who's consistently nailing flavor and quality of stuff and i feel like he's been more consistent than most and like he has feels I mean, he's more like three a tops out of out of four and no one else has gotten a second elimination top so he's yeah really run away I, running away with it He's also. I mean, I'm just kind of like on the bottom in elimination, which every almost everybody else has. But he hasn't a quick fire. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But that might yeah, have been a team which, one. I can't remember. Who cares? No, it was the queso situation. Oh, it was the queso. Oh, yeah, his, his queso was, was principle. But you know, I think last season we had like two to four people who really felt like winners early in terms yeah. of how much how much they were doing and, and how they were sort of separating themselves from the pack. I'd say Demar. Seems consistently mm-hmm. great. I, I, that was my, my next guess. Well. I mean, he's the closest. Those two are the closest we have to consistent performance. But you're exactly right, Chris, that in previous seasons, four episodes in, more people have been, I think we've more often had people who are consistent looking. And this has been a very well spread out top where almost everybody has been on top once and exactly once. Um, only yeah. a couple of people are missing out on the tops. But yeah, DeMar won. He had the two quick fire tops and he won the elimination on the same day. And he just seems the right right amount of um refinement and and homey loveness that people really enjoy on the show and also both chill yeah. And yeah. yes he, he well sort of 
Monique's impression of him was was really fun. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, today on the on the episode. Yeah, uh, I say today. I watched it this morning. Burbank. Who who do you think? Megan. Who's gonna win? She's not in Burbank, but yes. Oh, not Burbank. Um, y'all y'all are in you? L.A. You're yeah. you're in little uh, little Chechnya or whatever. <laughs> Close enough, aren't you? Are you in little, uh, little Chechnya? Armenia? I don't think little Chechnya is no, a no. place. We're not in little Armenia. No, we're. I mean, we are not. Oh, we're in Korea. Rock. Yeah. Oh, you're okay. We're essentially in Koreatown. We're we're in East Hollywood. We're in unincorporated East Hollywood, which um, is getting pretty specific, and we're doxing ourselves a little bit. But the thing yeah. about a city like LA is, you can be like, "This is one block. There are two hundred thousand people here. Good luck figuring out which one is us." Yeah. Also, unincorporated within the city of Los Angeles is pretty weird, right? It's not actually when unincorporated because like... it is part of the city, but it's just unnamed. It's not a. It doesn't have a cool real estate neighborhood. So we are just um... part of the conglomerate of East Hollywood. Um, okay. I, we are north of Koreatown, and so I like to say we are in North Koreatown because it makes me laugh every time, and it's never not worked when I've told people that. But Megan thinks uh, I shouldn't say it on this podcast. <laughs> can we? Can I, we name it I a different it. thing? Also, yeah, go for it. Uh-huh. I mean, I didn't realize there was oh, something. No, you didn't have a plan. I didn't know. We could call it Little Chechnya until somebody asks us to stop. Um, anyway, no, I, <laughs> we're in Hollywood. We're in East Hollywood. Megan, what do you think? Who's going to win? I have a really hard time with this again because I just it feels like it could be anybody at this point. Yeah, it's a wide open field. Yeah, I'm. I think I need to see more. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. We said it would be this week. Maybe we're going to put it off again. No bold predictions yet. Uh, very few bold predictions, I guess. Um, it is interesting that two of the people who have elimination wins have been now eliminated. Um, so we just don't have a lot of people with wins to have open. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, God's favorite restaurant is gonna is gonna show up. I think he's been taking his time, playing it a little cool. And today we got some hints as to how deep his technique goes. I think that extra half a year he spent in Europe is gonna start <laughs> showing up in coming weeks. Crush. Crush. It's gonna be crush. I think he's definitely gonna win. I, I, I want everyone to know that I've been spending time to try to find the exact date. I did get the exact date that he left, but I don't know when he started. <laughs> You're trying to figure out if he is exaggerating, if it really is I'm eight years, four months. You want to be on it? <laughs> there's a Facebook post from two twenty nine twenty. Uh, like I guess uh, with like from Noma saying like you know like bye Luke, you did great, thank you. But I don't doesn't say there wasn't one that I found that said hello. Luke, you started here. He left <laughs> on February 29th. Yes. Wow. Wow. 2020. So it, it, it was, he was really like every single day of that month. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was a short month, but he, still, I mean, technically, that's, really worked like, hard well, that's the thing about the style of Noma is they use every day of the February. Uh, mm. I, don't, I don't hate that. That's not, that's not bad. <laughs> well, you could decide <laughs> if you don't like or don't hate. Um, all right. Well, this is kind of a disappointing winners section, but I do like that. Um, oh. I do like that. Well, we just didn't. We're not as confident as I thought. I do like Chris that you picked Jackson because I literally wrote not Jackson. That was the only thing I wrote down was not oh, Jackson. Wow. Sorry, bud. One of you guys could be right. Hey, we picked. <laughs> we, someone here has picked the winner successfully. That's true. Although I did kind of the Price is Right, where I Chris Chris bet a large number and I said a dollar. So well, he shouldn't have gone first then. He shouldn't have gone first. <laughs> so true um okay well that's gonna wrap it up for us i would love to hear your thoughts at home who is gonna win um from this wide open field send us your feedback and we'll throw it in the mailbag we always love to hear from everybody um you don't have to be related to the show although it does help um huh chris uh yeah good news and bad news half of your dishes won this week half of them did not win so they both look good but one of them had terrible texture so you're gonna get to stay but you're on i'm moving on yeah, you're going through, oh. but you're, we're we're watching you like a hawk. Okay. Well, uh, like, like a ja- uh, as we say, a Jackson level of vision. We're gonna watch mm. you, Ooh. Eagle Eyes Jackson, the whole time. All we right. Do well, I have a giant you. eagle ready at any moment to pick you up by the shoulders and carry you out yeah. the window? Classic Texas. Okay, I'll I'll wear my harness because that uh, <laughs> eagle is very sensitive to texture, as yeah. we know. <laughs> Thanks for talking to us, Chris. Sure. Ez, thanks for holding down the fort in Northern California. Yeah. And uh, Megan, thanks for not being in uh, uh, Burbank. Be too far away for us. You're not sorry. I would never see you. Uh, be a the, long other, drive. the other folks. Sorry. <laughs> right. We'll talk to everybody next week with more Pack Your Mics. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.